Um, we are, we're in this series, um, Home Improvement, and we're talking about how to grow and how to have healthy, strong families. Like, what do strong, healthy families look like? What do they do? And, and what, what sets them apart from, like, just kind of the, the like, well, the, we, there's, we all have families, and there's dysfunction, and there's issues and struggle, but like, man, some families just have, seem to have a better grip on this. Like, what do they do that's different? And, uh, and so we're in this series talking about that. Um, this, this week, though, there's a lot going on. So we have our pumpkin patch Saturday, which you heard about. And if, if, uh, if you aren't uh, signed up yet, um, go do that. Go register to either attend or help or both. Um, I think we have over a thousand people registered to come for, like, from our community like, that are all gonna be here on this campus. Because uh, you, know, you gotta get a pumpkin. You can't, it's not Halloween without you know, a gourd. And so you gotta go come get that. So that, that's coming up and uh, it's really exciting. And then it's also first Wednesday. Man, it came quick, right? It's October. And so this week uh, is our, uh, the first Wednesday of October. So we'll meet here for our first Wednesday service. If you've never been to one, it's, uh, it's a little different than a Sunday morning. We, we sit around tables and we have a meal together. 5.15, you come, you uh, grab dinner, pay for dinner for the family, and then eat around a table with uh, people you know, or maybe some new people, meet some new friends. And then at six, we have our service and we go uh, into a little bit like, it's a little bit kind of deeper, more involved um, than a Sunday morning. And then we have time for Q&A uh, uh, at, uh, at the end of the whole thing. So this... This, uh, this month's first Wednesday, the topic is this, and, and I'm gonna guess that uh, all of us will be at least, I hope you're at least somewhat interested in this, and it's this, what are, what are the evidences or proofs for God's existence? If someone were to ask you, hey, you, you believe in God, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe in God. Why do you believe in God? Well, I just do. How do you know he exists? Well, I, I believe in him. That's not a proof. That's not an evidence. That's a choice that you made in response to proof or evidence. So what are, like, what are the reasons that you could give to someone who says, how do you know God exists? Like, do you feel comfortable saying, well, there's a few, here's a few of the reasons and here's a few of the things that I understand and, and, and this is why. If you want to have the, if you want to be able to have that response, you gotta come Wednesday. You got it, right? And we're gonna talk about the evidence, the proof of God's existence. And it's gonna be really good. And, uh, and I think uh, it spur on a lot of good thought and conversation. So we're, in, uh, we're um, this morning talking right in the middle of our home improvement series. And today's gonna be a little different um, because I have a guest coming and we're gonna do uh, kind of a, a, a little discussion here at the end, um, but they're gonna come share and then, uh, and then we'll have a, a, a back and forth um, question time. But we're talking uh, about conflict, but, but more so, um, like I think for some of us, it's gonna, like you're gonna feel this morning. It's, you're just gonna go, ooh, all right. I mean, in a good way, like, ooh, okay, I need to hear this. And, and here's how you know if that's you. Like we all need to hear what we're gonna hear this morning, but some of us really do. And I'm gonna ask you a question. And, and if you... If you Please don't be ashamed. You're going to raise your hand if it's true of you. And, and you know, like if it's true of you, you're not even going to be ashamed to raise your hand. You'll be like, yeah, that's right. That's, that's me. Okay, ready? Here it is. How many of you like to win? Anyone? <laughs> right? You're like, I mean, the quick hands. You're like, that's me. That's my, are you kidding me? Like, I, I've got, you know, I've got competitions going on right now. Um, like, I, 
some of us, we just love to win. And, and there's something about competition. It doesn't matter what it is. Like if you were to ask me, hey, Brandon, do you, do you wanna win this thing or lose this thing? Well, I don't know what it is, but I don't wanna, be, I don't wanna lose. I'm, I'm a winner, not a loser, hopefully. <laughs> and, and like, so I wanna win. And some of you, you have that like win bug. Like some of you are like, I don't care. Let's just, you know, let's just have fun. And I'm like, this is my response. So I coach a lot of my, te- my kids, like sports teams and stuff. And, and they'll always like, you know, people will always say, you know, hey, we, we play to have fun. And, and parents are like, I just want my kid to have fun. And my response is always, winning is more fun. So we're gonna try to win, right? And because like, let's have fun, but like, and, and, and if you have that bug, you understand this and you know it's hard to turn off. I have seen, I have seen really good, mature, strong Christians. Something changes in them. Like people that you're like, man, these are mature people. They would never say anything off color. And then you put them in a, a sport or a game or a competition of some sort. And like, this is a different creature. Something happened here. I remember I went to Biola University and um, I, I played, uh, I didn't do like their like school sports. I did intramural sports, which is like the, the like the, all the has-been athletes who couldn't really make it anywhere. you like, you go do this. And so I did that and we did flag football and it was sort of like, it was just a bunch of our guys and we we're all gonna put together a team and go against other guys. And, and for the most part, it was like, it was all fun and it was competition. We're trying to win, but it's a blast. But then there was a few, a few guys that, that, even some that I, man, I, I know you, I respect you. Like you're a good dude but you're trying to kill people out here. I mean, legitimately, like guys are breaking bones and saying words that I'm like, man, I haven't heard that from the worst people. And, and like, you're just throwing it out there. And, and like, man, you're like, you're such a good guy until something happens. And like that, like, you know, that inner, you know, I was an all American and I, you know, we could have won state. And you come out and you're like, man, you're trying to blow us up. This is flag football. All I got are flags to protect me. There's no gear. <laughs> and, and something happens. Um, my wife and I, we, um, this is a number of years ago and uh, we were, had a, a game night with some friends of ours and um, this, it wasn't here. So it was in California. It's no one in this room. Okay. So it's, don't try and don't try and look around and, and guess who this was. Um, we uh, were doing, it was a couple's thing. We had dinner and then a game night and you know, it's fun. Let's just play games and have, have a good time. And, and uh, we're sitting around the table and it was me across from my wife and then they're, you know, married across from each other. And uh, I can't remember playing hearts or I think it was spades maybe. And, um, and, and we're just playing, having fun. Whatever. They're in our small group. Like we know them really well. And, and all of a sudden something changed. Someone, one of the, I think it was he said like, well, why'd you play that card? He's like, well, what's wrong with that card? Well, you should have done that. Like, why would you do it? Well, I'm sorry I didn't do it how you wanted. I'm like, what is going on here? Here we go. We're getting into it. And the, the, like, the wind switch turned on and it was like, man, the competitive juices and they start fighting and arguing in front of us. And we're just kind of, it's fine, it's fine. Just, just let them go. And, and, it, and then, it, you know, go, fine, let's go to the next round. All right. And then it would happen again. And then, and then, this is great. Like, that's bad enough. And then they started kicking each other under the table. And we knew it because the table was moving and the cards were bouncing. It was like, stop it. You, why'd you play that card? And we're going, this is crazy. We went home that day and, and literally said, we can never play games with them again. It's gonna ruin friendship. Listen, for some of us who have the like wind switch, like the wind tile turns up all the way, it's really hard not to win. 
to willingly say, I'm going to not fight this thing and, and, and pressure to win. So this morning, what we're gonna be talking about isn't like how do you win in situations, but, but really how do you win in really the most important thing that we all wanna win and how do you win in your family? What does a win look in your family? Where you say, all right, my dial's turned up. I want to win in my family. What does that look like? So this morning, um, uh, I've asked our, uh, our kids pastor, Pastor Kirsten, to come and share. Because um, uh, she's got a lot of wisdom in this area. And then uh, she and I are going to have uh, a little um, Q&A uh, uh, discussion afterward. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So you guys ready? Will you help me welcome Pastor Kirsten? Come on out. Thanks. Thank you. This is so exciting to be up here. Thank you for having me. Well, I think it's always important when we're talking about families to start with a little self-reflection. So we're going to have a little self-reflection. If you're sitting next to someone in your family, you might not want to discuss this now. Discuss it later because you might have differing opinions. But if you were to analyze your family's communication, the type of communication you have in your family on a daily basis, there are three categories I want you to think about. You tell me which one would you say is mostly the case for your family. So the first category is mostly urgent communication. So this looks like schedules and emptying the dishwasher and who's cooking and who has to be where when and driving to school and picking up and dropping off and hopefully not forgetting where we're all supposed to be at that time. That is the urgent day-to-day -day communication, right? Okay, secondly, what about mostly confrontational? This is the communication most of us would say we don't wanna have and yet we'll analyze it a little bit and see where we land. Confrontational looks like high emotion, right? Yelling even, how about always correcting behavior? Maybe it's a lot about rules and expectations in our family, we do this kind of conversations. Negativity, maybe it's just basic tension. Maybe you don't even have a lot of words, but it's tense. That is the kind of communication we're talking about. Or three, is your communication mostly relational? This looks like asking questions, listening, asking good questions, by the way, not interrogating, um, check-ins, sharing stories, laughing, listening, just having a good time together. Maybe you don't even have to use words sometimes. Your communication is relational in just being together. So how'd you do? <laughs> If you were to draw a pie chart, where would the smallest sliver fall in that pie? Hmm. If I'm honest, I'm going to show you a picture of my family. This is my family. And if we do some self-reflection, I think some of them are in this room, we would say the last couple of weeks, we've had a very small sliver of relational communication as school has started up and things have been hard and Two co coaching two teams and soccer and all of the things, we would probably say our communication has been almost all urgent. And it's been really hard to find the time for that relational communication. So think about it for your own family. Maybe you can discuss it on your way home today in the car and see what everybody says. Um, here's the thing, in my family this week, one of the things I was thinking about is that I feel like a referee as a mom a lot of the time. And moms in this room, I know if I asked you, you would probably say the same thing. And if I get really real and really honest, I sometimes feel like I need a referee in my marriage. And I'm hoping right now when I say that, that somebody would raise their hand, you don't have to actually, and say, yeah, I can relate that I'm not alone in this. 
because families struggle and families have conflict and families need a referee sometimes. So here's the thing, it's not just us because a recent study was done and this is fascinating. Um, A study was done that surveyed thousands of families and it found on average that families have 2,184 arguments in one year. Whoa, that seems really high. Let's not start counting our arguments. Here's the crazy thing though. When that averages out, what we were finding, what they were finding is that that equals 49 minutes of conflict every single day in a family. And like I just shared with my family, I feel like I'm lucky to be in the same room with my family for 49 minutes on some days. And if that was all conflict, that would be very difficult. But here's the crazy part and the kind of laughable part. Do you wanna know what the study found people were fighting about the most? It might surprise you. Does anyone have a guess? Food. (laughs) And if you're a parent of a toddler, I bet you can relate. Sit down, finish that. You're not getting up from the table. I don't care if you don't like it. Or husband and wife, where are we gonna eat tonight? Who's gonna cook? (laughs) I don't wanna cook. Man, it's laughable, but the reality is that if we were to make a list of what our families fight about, what we have conflict over, we would agree that what we have the most tension over is not what we would say matters the most in our family, right? Because we would all agree, if we're honest, that the most important part of our family is our relationship with one another. And we know that. And yet our time and our tension, our conflict doesn't always reflect that. And so this morning, the one thing I want us to remember that we walk away with today and we say, I gotta think about that, I gotta work on that, is this. You can win the fight or you can win the relationship, but you cannot win both. You can win the fight or you can win the relationship, but the reality is you cannot win both. And so this morning, if we're honest, deep down, we all would say we wanna win the relationship, but in the moment proving our point or being right somehow becomes really a lot more important, right? And it turns out that families have been fighting with each other and having conflict since the very beginning. And so, wouldn't you know it, God actually has something to say about this exact thing. So we're gonna be in Ephesians 4 for a few minutes. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 29, says this, "'Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, "'but only what is helpful for building others up "'according to their needs, "'that it may benefit those who listen.'" So in the fight for relationship, here's something we can do. We can choose words that will build up rather than destroy your family. Easier said than done sometimes. And I think one of the greatest mistakes that we make is thinking that our words don't really matter, that they can't actually have the power to change much. But they do, and we know that. Nathaniel Hawthorne was a famous novelist early century, and he said this about words. Words so innocent and powerless as they are, they're standing in a dictionary, yet how potent for good and evil they become in the hands of those who know how to combine them. The power comes when we combine those words, right? We're really good at combining words in our family. We use you statements like you did this, you made me feel like this, or you are so dot, 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 right? I mean, I've never said those kind of things before. (laughs) But maybe, maybe we all have. The passage continues in verse 31. 
I am skipping verse 30. You'll see why in a minute. We're skipping to verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I love the way the message translation puts this verse because it just really hits home. Ready? Make a clean break with all the cutting and backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another and sensitive. We have to remember that in the fight to win the relationship, we have to start with our words. Our words matter. We have to choose words that will build up rather than destroy our family. The second way that we can fight for a relationship is to remember the fact that when we fixate on the behavior, we risk losing the heart. When you fixate on the behavior, you risk losing the heart. Here's what I mean by this. My daughter that you saw in the picture is almost 13, my oldest daughter. Um, And she was a kindergartner at one time. And we were driving to school after a particularly hard weekend. I had um, done a lot of parenting that weekend, if you know what I mean. (laughs) There was conflict and there was tears and there was tension and I just could not get the obedience that I so desired out of her little five-year-old self. And so as we were going to school, I asked her, as I often ask my kids, this question. I said, you know that God and I love you no matter what, right? And I don't always expect an answer. It's just something that I say that to remind them of that truth. And it's rhetorical. But this time she answered. And she thought about it for a minute. And she said, you know, yes, but not when I'm bad, right? And my heart just sunk. Because I realized in that moment that her answer both surprised me, but it really broke my heart because I had been fighting so hard to parent her well that I had forgotten that her, that being focused on the rules meant that I was missing the relationship. And I had made it more important than her. I had let my own disappointment really in myself and my own lack of ability to get my child to do what I wanted her to do. And for her, that became translated as rejection. And it wasn't just what I said, it was in my tone of voice and in my eyes and in my lack of empathy in what was going on with her, right? One of my favorite leaders and writers, his name is Reggie Joyner, and he says this, the truth is our children will always challenge the rules and debate our reasoning, but we should strive to parent in a way that they can never question how much we love them. And this applies outside of parenting. This is with our spouses. This is with our brothers or our sisters. Do we make what the person is doing and their behavior more important than them themselves? And the behavior becomes the focus in everything. You might have noticed that we skipped a verse earlier. So we're going to go back to verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The first part of that verse, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, is such a strange verse stuck right in the middle of this very practical advice that Paul is giving us and how we interact with one another. We have the do this and do not do this. Oh, and by the way, in the middle, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. What is this even talking about? It's a very theological thing thrown right in the middle of very practical advice. But after Paul describes this unwholesome talk that we've been, we've been talking about in our families, he gives us the reminder that this kind of interaction is such a big deal that it actually grieves God. When we do not use words that are wholesome and uplifting and encouraging, it's such a big deal that it causes grief. And grief is different than anger because if you're a parent or you're a spouse, you understand the difference. You can be mad at someone 
And it's a pretty easy fix. But when someone grieves you, when they break your heart, it can take weeks, months, years to fix the wound that can happen when that happens, right? The word grieve in Ephesians 4.30 literally means to cut to the quick. It means to break someone's heart or to cause them great sorrow. Charles Spurgeon puts it like this, for grief is a sweet combination of anger and love. It is anger, but all the gall is taken out of it. Love sweetens the anger and turns the edge of it, not against the person, but what? Against the offense. And our interactions within our families are such a big deal that not only are we at risk of losing the relationship with each other, but we risk grieving God himself. The verse goes on at the end, it says, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Again, what is this talking about in the middle of it? But it's such a sweet verse because it reminds us that despite the grief that we can cause in our families and in God himself, it's almost like he's saying, but remember you're still a part of my family. That there's nothing you can do to change that, right? That he has given us the security and the assurance that we are a part of God's family. And on that day of redemption, we will stand with him as his. We have the family seal, as it were. And I cannot help but thinking that it's almost like God is saying to us the same thing that I said to Avery on the way to school that morning. It's like he's saying, you know I love you no matter what, right? You know that you're my child no matter what, right? You know that I fought and I won the battle for your heart already, right? And so Paul finishes this passage and he reminds us of that exact thing. What are we to do? Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How? Because we're just so good at doing that in our families? No. Because just as in Christ, God forgave you. And that's the basis of it. You can fight for compassion and forgiveness and kindness in your family because that's exactly what God did for you. We can fight for compassion and kindness and goodness in our family because God did exactly that for us. And though it grieves him when we mess up, he says, you're still mine. You're still a part of my family. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much that you sent Jesus to the cross, your only son, that even in you, we see this family relationship of Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you to help us to win the relationship. Remind us that we can fight, the, fight to win or we can fight for the relationship, but we cannot fight for both. We need you in this fight, Lord. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to have um, a, a conversation to keep this going because... This is, uh, Kirsten, this is like, this is really good. And it's really hard to do. Um, I, I, at least in our family, we've had, uh, my wife and I have been married a number of years. <laughs> Are you gonna fight about that later? <laughs> no, she's not, I will learn it by the time she's in service next week. Uh, uh, 16 or 17. Uh, and we have four kids and we've, we've had conflict, I think twice. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, not at all, right? I mean, listen, conflict is like, it's almost daily where something comes up. I love like even the like, what do they fight about most? Food. And I'm going, 
that's probably what we argue yeah. over. Like you need to eat or what should you eat or did you eat or like, you know, that and like showering is probably the, and, <laughs> um, and, and, and like conflict is so prevalent and it's so like as a guy, as someone who has the wind bug and like the dial, the wind, like I want to, like, I just have that competitive, you know, the sports and that like the wind, I want to win so much. And, and I've, I remember getting advice from an older, um, an older gentleman once and then, and then subsequently a number of times who've been married a, a long time. And they'll say this, well, Brandon, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? <laughs> I'm like, well, do I have to pick? <laughs> and, and like, I, I, but if I'm honest, I always felt like what you're telling me is to stop winning, to give up, to just... If I want to be married, then I just have to just kind of roll over. Like, that's what I understood it. So this helps me so much more to, to think through, I can win the fight or I can still win, but realizing the winning is not about the fight. It's about the relationship, mm-hmm. right? And, and I can't win both. If I'm, if I'm fighting to win the fight, then I will, I will win it. And the relationship suffers. Yeah. So, so um, give us some, some more advice. Some, I want to hear more from you. Practical advice about conflict and specifically all right, when conflict happens, yeah. what do we do? Like, so, like, tell me what, what all of us, how we can better uh, win the relationship in the midst of like that moment when the yeah. conflict surfaces. Yeah, it's like, how? Okay, great, get it, how? Um, so I'm gonna give you four, I think I have four on here, really practical things. You could go home and you could start doing today to help you win at the relationship. First is an idea that you would talk about difficult things, things that are bound to cause conflict in a non-confrontational setting. So this might look like, okay, here's the thing, if I'm honest, I think family meetings are the silliest thing. And they do not work because it's all confrontational. It's like the come to Jesus moment and you're all in trouble and we are gonna get this right and we're gonna change it. I just don't think it works. So what if you were to do those same kind of things in a non-confrontational setting? So for example, this might be like kicking a soccer ball around in the backyard and while you're doing it, you're talking about something that came up that you noticed that was difficult. Maybe it looks like riding in the car. Guys, the car is a secret weapon. Did you know that? Because especially if you have kids, they're behind you. It's great. You can talk about lots of things because you're not face-to-face. So many times we think face-to-face, you know, it's the old, like, look at me in the eyes. Look at me. Don't look at me like that. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> but, but that's not always helpful, especially for kids that always, already are internalizing shame and guilt. Same with our spouses. It's not always best to go face-to-face with your spouse and get your arms up and duke it out. Sometimes the non-confrontational setting is the way to do that. So maybe it's going for a hike going for a walk, um, riding in the car together. There's lots of different ways you can do that. Okay, second, write it down. Okay, I'm gonna make a confession. My husband and I sometimes fight through text messages. I know, you're not supposed to do that. But here's the thing. Sometimes it helps to write it out. And sometimes you can actually like take a minute and think about what you really wanna say and then delete and then do it again (laughs) and then delete. And And it's like right there in writing. You have to actually read what you say instead of just flying out of your mouth. So I'm not recommending that you fight through text messages. I am (laughs) saying it might help to write it down. And especially for kids as well. Writing it down is such a great thing for kids because they can take a moment and think about what they're really feeling inside instead of just all the emotion bubbling in and uh, um, bubbling up and out. Okay, learn to ask the right kind of questions. The right kind of questions give family members the freedom to express themselves. So asking questions like this, 
what did I do that made you feel that way? I can see you're feeling something really big, but what did I actually do that made you feel that way? That's a good question. How about, are there things you wish were different that we can work on together? Have you ever asked your kids if there was something they want different? It's a good question. It's a hard question because they, they want things different. <laughs> but it's a good question to ask. Okay, here's what I want to say about that. Curiosity is a superpower. It really is. In any relationship, curiosity is a superpower. It starts more conversations than criticism ever will. It continues more conversations than criticism ever will. And curiosity can heal conversations much better than criticism can. So be curious, ask the right kind of questions. Lastly, leverage the natural rhythms in your family, especially if you're in the parenting phase where you are just going a million miles, you've got sports and you've got all of the different schools and all the different drop-offs and pickups. It can seem like you don't get 49 minutes in the same house together. And so regardless of where you're at, there's always a natural rhythm in your family. You all wake up, you all go to bed eventually. You eat at some point during your day, you drive somewhere at some point during day. So what if you were to use the natural rhythms in your family to leverage those times for the important conversations that you want to happen? Like I said, the car, it's a really great place to have these kind of conversations. And so you have to be thinking about, here's some times that naturally happen when I'm going to bed. When I'm going, um, when I wake up in the morning, you set the mantra for your day. How many of us wake up in the morning and we set the tone for the day with criticism or questioning or frustration that the dishes weren't done the night before, the trash wasn't taken out or whatever it is in your family and our entire tone is set in our day. When we could use that time to leverage something good happening in our family and setting the tone for the rest of the day in the morning. So use mm. those times. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I, I especially, uh, I, I totally understand and get the, um, the, the being shoulder to shoulder conversations mm -hmm. instead of face to face. Yeah. Um, and and I, here's what I've noticed. Maybe you know this too. I've noticed it with, with my kids and even my wife. Um, with, with my daughter, she wants to just like, <laughs> just like talk and like be face to face and like, come, dad, I can't see you. I'm like, okay. My boys, if I'm like, hey, come here, man. They're like, dude, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, get out of my face, right? Like, what's the problem? And I've noticed because, and I don't know if it's a, if it really is as, as simple as a guys and girl thing, but like my, my boys see this as confrontation and conflict mm -hmm. and competition. Yeah. Maybe because that's just the, the world they're in. So when I'm like, hey guys, let's do this. They just expect I'm in trouble. I'm like, no, no, I just want to ask how your day went. And they're like, fine. Why are you asking? Why are you asking all these questions? Why are you, why are you interrogating me? Because it's like, mm -hmm. I, I might be actually, mm -hmm. right? Whereas if we're shoulder to shoulder, it's just like, hey buddy, how was your day? And he's like, good, we did this and this. And it's just, it's just so like, it just removes the conflict. It, it really is just a matter of like repositioning it's yourself. Huge. So mm -hmm. much so, I, I'll share this too. I, I'm, I had one buddy who said, he realized that just like you said, curiosity is a superpower. He realized that, um, that hot tubs are superpowers <laughs> because he, he would say, his teenage kids, they would just be like, hey, let's go hot tub. And they would share while they're just relaxing mm -hmm. shoulder to shoulder. They would share about anything that they would never share just like, you know, over dinner. That, totally. that the right setting actually does, it actually does produce and heal and, and like forward the relationship. It's yep. really, really good. Okay, so talk about, um, um, not that I've, I don't, I've heard people <laughs> might get angry in these kinds of situations. Um, tell us about that. When people like, 
Because usually what happens is in the moment, the conflict, it's not like no one's thinking yeah. logically, oh, you know what? Well, we should really think about A and B. And it's just emotion and usually frustration and anger. And it goes, it seems to get, we seem to get quicker to the anger level, yeah. like the further we go. So, so tell us about like advice on when, when we get angry, what should we do? Yeah. Um, I think that family is emotional, Right. And it's emotional for a couple of reasons. One, because we really care. It matters so much. But it's also emotional for another reason, reason and that's because we're kind of selfish, to be honest. And so when I think about anger, I think we have to remember that conflict isn't the enemy. Conflict isn't necessarily the problem. Um, in fact, without conflict, there is no growth. So we have to have conflict in our families. We know that. But the problem is that the conflict usually triggers something inside of us it triggers something inside of us that's already there. And when that happens, it gets stirred up and it becomes anger. The conflict wasn't the problem to begin with, but the thing inside of us that we felt in that moment definitely was, right? So I think something is that we have to own it. We have to own when we're feeling like that. I mean, what would it look like if in that moment you were actually able to say, hey, I'm, I'm feeling something right now and, and it has nothing to do with the actual conflict that is happening, but I'm struggling. And so I need to take a moment and figure myself out and then I'll be back to finish this conversation. Like, wow, how would that transform it? Um, it's, it's actually, you know, in scripture, James talks about this in the book of James. He says, isn't it true that these fights and quarrels come from the desires that battle within you? He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And he says, it's actually something that wars inside of you. It's a battle inside of you, right? And we can all relate to that. The thing that's causing us anger is not actually outside of us. It's inside of us. It's something inside of us that gets triggered. And it, he continues in James, he says, you want something you desire, but you can't get it. You don't have it, you covet it, but you cannot get what you want. And at the heart of anger is really this concept. We want something that we cannot get. Most of the time for me, it's my kids to do something that I want them to do and they just don't wanna do it and it really makes me mad. Mm. But really it's about not getting what I want, mm. my expectations not being met. So how do I take a moment and rethink that? So we own our own emotions and then you wanna know another superpower in your family? Be the first to apologize. Whether you were right in what you were saying or not, there is always something you can apologize for. The look in your eyes, the tone of your voice, the way you got angry, whatever it is, parents especially, be the first to apologize. Because like I said earlier, it is so important. We have to be so careful with our words when it comes to kids. Because if we were to talk to the way we talk to our kids, like, or if we were to talk to our, an adult the way we talk to our kids, they would honestly probably look at us and be like, what is wrong with you, right? But a kid, when they experience that kind of anger and emotion coming from us, do you know what question they ask? What is wrong with me? Hmm. They don't have the capacity like an adult to go, clearly you're having a bad day. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> They say, what is wrong with me? So I know it's not all about parenting, but if you are a parent, I think that's especially important to remember. Yeah, so. yeah. The parent, grandparent, I mean, I, yeah, it really is, it really is different. And, and uh, I like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think we'd be talking about how to become superheroes, but we, like these are superpowers. These really are superpowers. Fighting. And the like, the apologizing first is probably the strongest of all of 
these yeah. abilities to really focus on to win the relationship. Okay, final thoughts. Give us final thought. If, if we we're gonna be like, all right, we're on our way out here. Give us the last thing we should remember yeah. or think about. Um, I think that there's a tendency, especially in a room this big with this many people to go, okay, great. But like you pastors up there on the stage, you don't know my family, right? <laughs> like, let me tell you the years of dysfunction that we have had to come through in order to get where we at to the point of anger and tension that is in our family. And I think what I want to say is that we have all come into families with baggage and mistakes and abuse at different levels. Um, but what I want to remind us today is that God wants to and is completely able to tell a story of restoration and redemption in any family. He is big enough to do that. And there are no perfect families, but here's the thing. God knew exactly who he needed when he made you your kid's parents or your as a grandparent or whatever family he gave you. He knew exactly what he was doing. And after being in ministry for almost 15 years working with families, I think that I have figured out that every family wants to be better and every parent wants to be a better parent. And it is not too late to change and start fighting for what matters. And here's the thing to remember, we can't go back to the beginning, wherever we are. We can't go back to the beginning. What's done is done. However, we can today start where we are and we can create a brand new ending. And the ending is what matters anyway, right? At the end is where it counts. And so start today, can't go back, but you can start and you can write a whole new, brand new ending for your family. Mm. God mm. can do that. Mm. That's great. Can you guys help me thank Pastor Kirsten for, thank you. Thanks so much. Um, so here's the thing, uh, family, um, family, we said this before, is extremely personal. And here's, here's the deal though. It's also probably of all of like every aspect of your life, it's probably the thing worth fighting the most for. Not with or about. But if there's one thing that you say, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna win at something. Maybe I'm a loser in every other area of my life, but I'm gonna win with my family. I think every one of us, whether you have kids or grandkids or you're married or you're single and you're thinking about future family, whatever your situation looks like, I want to win when it comes to my family. If I get everything else wrong, I wanna, I wanna get this right. And, 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 and maybe I've messed up and I have and, and I'm looking around, yep, I can see you guys have messed it up too. <laughs> and there's grace and you can, you can say, all right, but you know what? Today, starting today, I'm gonna rethink how I view and interact and, and, and pursue health and strength in my family. I'm gonna one day at a time just work at, at winning in my relationships today. So would you do this? We're gonna worship together, but would you stand with me? I'm gonna pray for us. And then uh, during this last song, I don't know if you've noticed this, this is uh, something we've, we've re recognized as a need that a lot of us just need prayer. And sometimes we'll get through a service we'll, on a Sunday morning and something will happen and, and you're like, man, I just really want someone to pray for me and, and with me. So uh, we'll have a prayer team during this song. If, if at any point you feel, oh, man, I just need someone to, all right, I want prayer for this, this thing or this aspect of my family or, or this relationship with, with my family or an extended family member, whatever it may be, I just need someone to pray. Uh, we'll have a prayer team. You can come up and, and pray with them right now. So uh, let me pray. And then let's worship the Lord. So Lord, thank you for, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that even when we make mistakes and we so often do, 
grace and your goodness is sufficient. And, and as much as we get it wrong, I pray, Lord, that all of us would, would focus not on winning the fight, but on winning the relationship. That we really would pursue health and for a lot of us, healing in the relationships with our family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.